0: Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today being the fifth Sunday after the epiphany, we are deep into this season of light and revelation, this season of God's self-disclosure, God's manifestation, God's shining forth, in the person of Jesus Christ. Ever since Christmas, we've been swimming in images of light. We heard from that great prologue to John's Gospel, that Christ is the light that shines in the darkness, that darkness will not overcome. We saw at the Epiphany how wise men from the East followed a shining star to find the infant Jesus wrapped tight in his mother's arms. And just last week, as we celebrated Candlemas, we lit up this church with hundreds of candles. As we heard old Simeon's words about the young Christ Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. As one of my favorite colleagues in this season proclaims, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and we illumined by his word and sacraments will shine with the radiance of his glory. In fact, we've been so on point with these images of light that it can start to sound a little repetitive, I was joking with Ava last week after the six o'clock service that I had lost my place in my homily and it had all started to sound like light, 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 light. light. Be the light, glory of the light, light. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Light, light, light. (laughs) And so we come to this day in Matthew chapter five and we risk missing just how extraordinary Jesus's words to us are, the one who is the light of the world says to us, says to the likes of you and me, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are that city built on a hill that cannot be hid. So let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I've been thinking a lot about that image, that image of a city set up on a hill, lights shining brightly for all to see. It's, of course, an image that our pilgrim forebearers used to describe their hopes for what this country might be, that America might be a light to the world, though today is not a day. For a sermon on whether we have in fact lived up to that hope. I'll leave it at this. We are at best on our good days, very much still a work in progress. On our good days, we are still a work in progress to be a light to the world. But long before our pilgrim forebears used that to speak about America, that image of a city on a hill, was an image that Jesus' hearers would have known quite well. You see, for them, that city on a hill wasn't a nice metaphor for a new system of government. That city on a hill was a very clear reference to an actual city on a hill. To Jerusalem, perched atop Mount Zion. Jerusalem, to which the tribes would go up to worship in the temple on all the great festivals of the year, Jerusalem, that city shining on a hill. You see, Jesus is speaking up in Galilee, north of Jerusalem, and he is speaking to folks there who would have had a habit of going to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. And folks up in Galilee would have made their way down to Jerusalem, not the most direct way, through Samaria, but along the Jordan River, walking through that verdant valley where they could find food and water and avoid the Samaritans, walking along the Jordan River all the way down to Jericho, that ancient city where they would have been turned up through the Judean wilderness to make the long, steady climb from one of the lowest places on earth to Jerusalem, the city on the hill. The road through that wilderness was a dangerous one, a dark one, a desolate one. It was on that road that Jesus set his parable of the Good Samaritan, that unlikely hero who helped the man set upon by bandits. For that road was full of bandits, full of danger. Those of us who have been to the Holy Land with St. James, and I'll just have a brief commercial aside here. Don't look at your bulletins now because I can see you. Don't do it. But there is in your bulletin a notice that we are going back to the Holy Land in Lent of 2021, and the sign-up date is coming up soon, so sign up now. That commercial aside, those of us who have been to the Holy Land have actually stood in that wilderness we go every time for a quiet meditation before sunrise in that Judean wilderness overlooking that Jericho road. And through the darkness, on a clear day at least, you can see in the distance the shimmering lights of Jerusalem suburbs. It's pretty cool, even for jaded New Yorkers who know a lot about city lights. Can you imagine... Can you imagine what a sight that would have been to a bunch of weary travelers terrified of the dark? It would have been the very incarnation of hope Jesus looks at his ragtag disciples, fishermen and tax collectors, widows and lepers and prostitutes, bankers and lawyers and teachers and scientists and retired folk, rich and poor, young and old, strong and weak. He looks out at us, on us, who are on our best days trying and failing and trying again to live and to love like him. He looks out on us and says, you are the light of the world. You are a city set upon a hill. You are the light lit and put on the lampstand to give light to the whole house. You too, you too can be the incarnation of hope in this world. You too can be a light radiating joy in a dark world. You too can flood the world with the possibility that tomorrow might yet be brighter than today. Not because you're particularly good of that, good at that on your own. We are actually quite terrible at doing that on our own. But because we are connected to him. Because by our baptisms, our lives are hid in his. Because in returning each week to that table and to this great feast of outpoured love, this Eucharist, he dwells in us and we in him. Jesus looks at his unlikely disciples. He looks at us and he says, you'll be the light of the world when you're connected to me. You'll be the light of the world when you live and love like me. You'll be the light of the world, a city set upon a hill, when you, like me, love God with your whole self and your neighbor as yourself, fulfilling all righteousness. Friends, you don't need me to stand up here and tell you how dark the world can be. Looking out on you, I know that we know that too well, whether it's in our national or in our international life, in our city, at our workplaces, in our homes, or in the quiet of our own minds and hearts, we know that this world can be bleak and dark and hard. For someone, Every day, the world is ending. We share in this earthly pilgrimage as the walking wounded. And yet, like pilgrims going through the dark Judean wilderness, Christ is our bright, shining city on a hill, beckoning us home. Christ gives us everything we need for the journey. Christ gives us a word of hope that sees us through. And Christ calls us, you and me, to pass on what we have received from Him. For if we have known from Him light, then we must share it. If we have known from Him hope, we need to share it. If we have known from him forgiveness, we need to share it. If we have seen in him justice, we need to share it. If we have seen in him peace and mercy and generosity and joy, friends, we got to share it. The world needs us to share it. Christ gives us everything we need to see us through. Christ gives us everything we need to see us through our pilgrimage and asks only that we share it. For Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And we illumined by his word and sacraments and walking in his ways and sharing his love can shine with the radiance of his glory that all may see and believe and place their hope In him. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.